joining today. And this is our community conversation that talks about embracing change. And our guest today is Catherine Zukoff. Catherine is an impressive woman and individual. She's an author and educator on learning and organizational development practitioner. She helps companies build leadership capabilities to successfully navigate change. She has her PhD from Rutgers. Hey, a Rutgers fellow Rutgers alum. Uh, she's written a book, and we're going to talk about this, The Hard and Soft Sides of Change Management. She teaches and speaks regularly on the topic. Catherine, please say hello to our podcast audience today. Well, thank you. Thank you, Boris. And thank you, uh, everyone who's out there listening. And uh, I can't wait to share um, my experiences with you. So, you know, I was looking at um, one of your social media platforms. And I saw this little blurb line that you had that says, change isn't going anywhere. Learn how to manage it. And you know, when I read that, I said, well, I know you work with organizations. Are they not prepared for change? Well, I think that organizations may or may not be prepared for change, but they're going to experience it. Mm. So much a change that organizations experience um, is really driven by pressures that come from outside the organization. Um, it may not be a change that they have actually chosen. Um, there are technological advances. There's um, uh, global pressures that um, and, and things happening in the global environment. Uh, there are demographic changes. There are, um, you know, you throw in a pandemic. Oh, my and, goodness. Um, and competition. Uh, uh, yes, yes, uh, competition, um, cu uh, customer requirements change. And so all of that is, is really putting pressure on organizations and, and has been putting pressure on organizations uh, to constantly really transform and reinvent themselves. And then there are a lot of employees in these organizations who uh, need to adapt and transform right along with their organizations. Now, your book is called The Hard and Soft Sides of, of Change Management. So what are the hards and what are the soft sides that you're, you're, you're teaching and, and uh, writing about? Yeah, well, I mean, just to speak a little bit about the genesis of the book, I, you know, I have spent my career inside of organizations, helping uh, organizations and the employees in those organizations navigate through um, really large scale transformative change and also small changes. You know, sometimes it's just, we're going to move from one side of the building to the other side of the building. That's a change that employees need to negotiate. Um, I was a commuter for years when they moved my gate that I had to go to at the Port Authority from one to location to another. That was a minor change. And yet it was a change that I needed to adapt to. Um, my what I have seen in organizations is and, and participated in and helped lead um, 
is some very, very successful um, uh, changes. And admittedly, I have been a part of some real failures as well. And what I learned through those, from those successes and also those failures is that there are some fundamental practices that seem to distinguish those changes that succeed from those that fail. Some of those changes, some of those practices um, are really just good old fashioned fundamental um, project management discipline. Okay. Things like having a clear sense of the outcome that you're shooting for and measures uh, for that outcome, having a plan for how you're going to get there, uh, enlisting the right people with the right skills who have the right expertise, the availability, um, pausing periodically to assess how you're doing um, and what progress you're making toward those goals and, and um, readjusting as necessary, that's the hard side of change. And if you don't get that right, your project, uh, your change initiative will probably go off the rails. Likewise, um, there's um, a soft side of change. And that is really recognizing that with any change that an organization is going to implement, um, the employees in those organizations, even if it's a change that they want to see happen, even if it's a change that employees think is, are, is positive, that they embrace, there will be, at least for some period of time, a sense of loss, a sense of threat. Um, some of the, that sense of loss may be very tangible. It may be a sense of a, a loss of efficiency, you know? Think about when you, um, when you update your phone, you move to a new cell phone, and there are some new features that you suddenly have access to. You wanted to upgrade your phone. Yeah. You thought this was, this was wonderful, and yet it bothers you. There's this sense of loss that temporarily you're less efficient. And that's the, that's the learning process. That's the, just the adjusting to the new opportunities for you that are available. Yes. Yes. And so, uh, and then some of those losses are intangible. There can be this loss of sense of status, a loss of sense that I'm in the know, um, a loss of relationship, depending on the kind of change. Uh, there can be some real intangible loss. So, dude, I think what I hear you saying is that from an organizational standpoint, you need to think about these, consider these, and plan for those? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there is some simple tools that um, organizations use to address both those hard side elements and those soft side elements. And that's um, basically what I've included in the book is here are the tools that I've seen. And there are many, many tools. Here are the tools that I have seen are most helpful in um, driving change in an organization. I guess, you know, the people side, you know, I what has your experience been in your practitioner, a practitioner? Are companies doing this well? Or should there be a greater increased focus on the soft, the people side? Um, some organizations focus on the people side very, very well. And some um, want to focus on the people side very, very well. And some, I think they still have a lot of uh, room to grow. Um, I think one of the things that I think one of the one of the um, you know, when I when I hear organizations that say 
oh, it's just resistance. Get over it. You're on the bus or you're under the bus. Um, you know, resistance is futile. Um, those are organizations that may not really have um, their grasp on the soft side of change um, as effectively because when people are resisting a change, it may be because they are really experiencing prof a profound sense of loss, a profound sense of threat. And if the organization was addressing that and listening to them and helping them work through that loss and threat. And some of it is just, you know, providing a, appropriate training so that they, if they have a sense of, I'm losing my sense of competence or my sense of efficiency, um, that the uh, employees can navigate through that quickly and more easily. You said something about um, making sure you understand kind of the desired outcome and goal. And, and that just rung a bell for me. I, I sell software and I'm working with the customer and one of their technology executives says, at this company, they don't measure. Metrics and measurements is not the top of the list. But the reason why is because they're a company that provides services for children, right? Mm -hmm. Daycare, educational assistance. So their whole desired outcome is this customer experience, this, this trust and this relationship uh, that's there between them and the parent. And you know they they have uh, a lower priority on measured out metrics and outcome. But I think you said whatever your goal is, is make sure it's defined defined well and, and communicated. Yeah, that you that you're defining that outcome, that you you can articulate what that outcome is. That there's if, that if you're going to have the whole organization go through a change you better be able to defend what, why are we doing that? What, why is this, why is this good? It, it can't just be change for change sake. It has to be, we are going to achieve a certain benefit. Um, maybe it's that we get to stay in business because, you know, we have, we're experiencing such pressure from the outside and there may be some very, very painful steps that we have to take, but we get to stay in business. Now, you also said make sure in, in that change, getting the right people, the right resources. And when we get to the soft side, there are there's a recognition of, of just people, personalities, there's dispositions, their characters, right, and how they like to receive and communicate and being able to identify the right people to even manage that change. I'm just thinking that, you know, the person who has says, you know, uh, uh, suck it up, they probably shouldn't be managing the people, the soft side. Well, they probably should not be um, managing the the uh, the soft side. However, they may have a perspective about change if they that that might be interesting to listen to. I think some of the most interesting people to listen to when an organization is going through change are those people who have expressed really grave rev reservations about the change. They may, in fact, have some, some key insights that if listened to the organization, they're probably, you know, they may not change what they're going to change, but they may make some adjustments to sort of the mechanism that they use, or they may, they may change some element of how they're going to actually uh, 
um, initiate and execute the change. Um, now, sometimes people who resist are really spot on. I got it. So now you you work with organizations to implement, execute change. Your book talks about best practices for organizations to execute change. But what I like to do is shift us a little bit. What would you say to our uh, individuals, right, our audience in the podcast about uh, managing, embracing change and just being prepared for that? Yeah, um, a, a couple of things. First of all, I think that it's that that just to expect change. That um, that change is something that in the workplace these days is probably going to be continuous. So it's not like you're going to just get to get through what's happening today get through the change, and then you can settle in and you won't have to deal with change again. I don't think that, that that's a, a realistic perspective. So I think getting comfortable with the idea that things are going to, um, uh, you're going to change multiple times over the course of your career or, uh, um, is, is, I think, just an ex, a, a good expectation to hold. Second of all, to recognize that threat and this feeling of loss is okay, it's natural. And that if you're feeling that even if you think, you know what, I can intellectually wrap my arms around what is changing. And I think it's a good thing. But it just, you know, it feels wrong inside. And I feel like, um, you know, that I've, I've, I, I just feel very anxious about this. It is okay to have those, those uh, feelings. That is very, very normal. And hopefully um, you can really think about what's at the root of it. Is it, is it that your sense of competence is being um, attacked? Is it, um, are you concerned about status? You know, are you saying, gee, I used to really feel like I was an important person around here and I feel less important now. Um, so that's okay, it's natural to feel that. And hopefully um, you'll have an opportunity in your organization to share that. And then the third, I have just one other point. If in your heart of hearts, you think this is the wrong change for our organization, that that I, I love this organization and this is something that what that we're embarking on a change uh, that is is going to bring about the the you know re some real disaster to the organization. Um, get the courage to share that with um, someone in a leadership capacity. Do it respectfully um, and let them know that you know you you are very concerned about um, a, a decision that has been made. Um, they may they hopefully they'll appreciate yeah, the hopefully. insight and the perspective that that you share they they may educate you about why the organization has to engage in this yes now i was gonna say now you work with organizations but as a professor mm -hmm. uh, and i know as a speaker you are teaching you know the the college you're teaching grad school students you're 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 preparing that that next generation have they made the mental switch that change is is part of our day that we'll go through multiple um, career changes, are, have they adapted that mindset? 
Um, I think they have, and I think that they can teach us um, about uh, the willingness to change, willingness to make bold moves. Um, I am incredibly impressed with the 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 students that I, I get the uh, that I have the honor of interacting with the one piece of advice I almost always tell them and I think it's a piece of advice from my career trajectory which has been somewhat unusual is to not fear making a mistake that it is okay to try something and then say you know what I thought that might be an interesting career move for me. That is not what working out for me. And then to say, okay, I can, I can make another change. And that is okay. So sometimes I talk to young people. Um, I often talk to young people who are finishing up their undergrad, thinking about their next job, their first, or their first professional job, or graduate school, and they're so serious about it. And I basically say, yeah, try it. You know, if that's something that's interesting to you, try it. And just remember that you can undo it. If it, if it doesn't work out, pick something else. Now, you just made the, the statement about bold moves. Yes. I would like to talk about how did you get into this uh, career? How did you get in this where you are and you're your uh, career today, I, I understand that was a bold move. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 my, I had, I've had a career. I sometimes describe my career as looking like um, a game of life um, um, uh, game board. You know that there are bobs and weaves, and there are times when I made decisions related to my career that were very focused on what makes sense from a career perspective. There were times when I made decisions in my career where I said, I'm making this move because I think it's right for me personally or for me and my family. Um, and that's, that's the reality, I think, of, of careers these days. So now, but my understanding is, weren't you, weren't you a marketing professional before you switched to this change management expert yes PhD. yes 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 i was working i was working for adp um uh this is the interesting um this is i don't want to date myself however oh. i was part of the i was part of the team that introduced ADP's first PC-based products. Wow. Um, and we brought our first PC-based payroll and HR products to market. And so um, I was on, I, I worked in new, new product development, I worked in marketing, I worked in client relations um, for ADP. And I just really, I worked on product launch after product launch. And, and I, 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 there were a couple of things I think that were happening. One, it was like, okay, I know I can do this. And I had a good career there. I had, um, you know, I think I, 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 I could have stayed and have done and done well there. However, um, I was, you know, one of the benefits of working at ADP was that I got to interact with all these different clients and learn about their, their businesses. And I mean, who knew that there were business? I had a client once who worked, whose, sold, whose business was manufacturing mattress ticking, the covers 
the fabric that goes over mattresses. Who knew that there was a business out there that did that? So it was just the whole idea of business was, was interesting to me. And the psychology of business was fascinating. Now, hold on one second. And, just for our and, audience. Yes. Just for our audience who mm -hmm. doesn't know, ADP is a payroll company. And what they do is they provide a service where companies will say, hey, I don't have to calculate payroll and taxes and you know all those kind of um, uh, withdrawals out of a check. I'm going to bring ADP in to do that. And now you're saying you guys were introducing a, a technology solution that a company would bring in force change, but would provide some benefits for them. Yes, yes, absolutely. And again, back in those days, these were during a time when there may be one, there might be one PC in an entire organization. So, and, and, that, and that PC was often in the accounting department. So that's, and then it, it kind of spread from there. But what I did was I just, I decided that I really had this deep interest in psychology and business. I wanted to blend the two. I thought that it would be um, interesting to pursue a PhD in, um, in organizational psychology. And so that, that's what led me to Rutgers. I it felt like jumping off a cliff. I was single. I had a mortgage. Um, uh, I knew that I was going to have to figure out some way to continue paying my mortgage. I cobbled together an income stream while I was going to graduate school. So um, you, you just quit ADP? You quit? Yeah, I did a little consulting for them um, uh, while I was in graduate school. I did a little teaching when I was in graduate school. I graded papers. Well, I was in graduate. I did anything that would kept some income coming in so that I could go to graduate school full time. And uh, so that was a pretty bold move. Um, I did not know, you know, I, I know I always advise people, know, you know, have an outcome in mind. I had no clue what I was going to do with that PhD when I was done with it. I didn't know if I was going to pursue an academic path, whether I would be a practitioner inside organizations. I somehow had this sense of confidence that you know it would be okay. I also, and I always tell people this, I I I also had my own sort of sense of a safety net. I knew if if this didn't work out, you know, I knew that I could I'd find a way to continue to pay my bills. I wouldn't end up on the street. And that's not the case for everyone. I, I was very fortunate that I I, I had that confidence that I would end up on my feet. So now what was interesting in our preparation is that here you are in a business at ADP and you are implementing change, right? A catalyst mm -hmm. for change. And I think what I heard you say is that that dynamic on an organization was just so fascinating. So it was this, this area that said, hey, I'm, I'm interested, I'm fascinated by that. And that's, that's what led you to your PhD. Well, that, and, you know, I just, it's just the whole idea of people at work was fascinating to me. And the idea that people spend so much time Ooh. of their, so, so much of their life at work. And I just had the sense of, gee, if there's something I can do, however little that, helps people have a better experience while they are at work, 
um, and, and a better, better interactions with the workplace, then that's what I would like to sort of make part of my life about. Um, I, you know, I, I find work to be, um, and I don't mean religious, I mean spiritual. I find the work that I do and that work itself is, is really about how you're de deciding to spend the very limited amount of time that you have in this world. And so- It's your purpose, it's therapeutic, it's what's important to you, it's where are you investing yourself? Why are you investing in that? Right, right, right. And, but sometimes people become very, and sometimes I have become very, very disconnected from that. And that's when I think, you know, you have to, there, there's also opportunity for thinking about change, yeah. you know, thinking about, well, is it time for me to make a change? Mm. That doesn't mean I need to leave the organization uh, or the job that I'm in right now. There's lots of different ways that you could renew yourself, but, um, um, you know, I just think that uh, people do, and I certainly have, have had periods of time where I felt very disconnected from that sense of, am I really accomplishing my, my purpose at work? So as we wrap up, I guess, you know, you had said something to me and we were talking about just our podcast audience about mm -hmm. causing people to think differently or look at a situation differently. I guess, what would it be that you would share for our podcast audience as we as we wrap up today. Oh gosh, that's that's excellent. Um, in terms of thinking differently, I I would say uh, pay attention to the, the the current moment you're in. You're making decisions for this moment. It doesn't matter what that what what has happened before. You can learn from that. But the next moment, you have an opportunity to make a different decision and a better decision. And um, if, if people can embrace that, um, you know, forgive yourself for whatever, the, whatever that, that mistake was. And I found that, again, to tie it back to change in organizations, as I said, I've worked through in with a lot of change initiatives that were absolute failures. And it, what it took was for us who were part of bringing that about in an organization to forgive ourselves, to learn from it, to, to really, and then to say, okay, that happened. How do we make things better in the next moment? And I think that's true for change. I think that's true for life. I think that's true for work. Catherine, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Boris, so much. And, and uh, 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 thank you so much for inviting me.